Welcome, 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 everybody, to Tales from the Backlog, a top three podcast, the Tube VIP Patron Hour. Well, that's what we're going to call this, Patron Hour. Uh, I just made that up right now. So uh, this is the bonus episodes that uh, patrons of the Tube at the $10 per month or higher level um, get to do a bonus episode of their choosing. And my guest today is one of the OG supporters of the tube way from back when it was just a top three podcast. Tales from the Backlog was just a, uh, a mere wink in, in Dave's eye. And we'll let that analogy sit for a minute uh, while you think about that. But uh, welcome on the show, Chris Nelson, who's been a guest on a top three podcast and Tales from the Backlog Um a couple times, uh, maybe three total times. So thank you, Chris, and welcome to the Patron Hour. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, I've been a top three, and I've been on, I was on Tales twice. Yeah, yeah, we did Mega Man X, and we did Blasphemous, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for Blasphemous, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, me too. Um, and today, we are coming at you with a video game topic. Uh, so the way that this kind of bonus these bonus episodes work is that um, patrons at that level uh, get to choose a topic that they want to do a bonus podcast about. It can be a topic. It can be a top three, it can be a tier list. It can be, you know, desert Island games or whatever you want to talk about. And Chris has chosen a top three today. So Chris, can you tell everybody what are we going to be talking about? Um, I kind of decided on this topic because actually I think I, might have even put it on the Discord at one point, but um, it's your uh, top three video game items that are too good to use. Hell yeah! I think it's I think it's kind of a a pretty typical trope in like the gaming community, and um, I think it's even got a uh, a page on TV tropes. So does we're, it? <laughs> we're, we're making it in the world. Shit! I should have I uh, should have done some TV tropes research. I was going just straight off the dome for this one. So. Um, so I take it since this is the topic that you chose, I take it that when you play video games, you hoard items until the perfect time and then the game ends and you didn't use those items, right? Yeah, pretty typically. Um, I can't think of, well, right now I'm playing, uh, Eastward and yeah. I am, I hoard my cooking, uh, items pretty mm-hmm. heavily because i'm like well it restores six hearts and i only need four hearts but it also has like <laughs> an, an ammo like upgrade or whatever you use less ammo and an energy upgrade and i'm like that's just it's i don't i might need that later yeah i find myself getting that mindset in eastward too where it's like uh like you said i'm down four hearts but this thing heals six hearts so i'm not going to use it until i get hit again but then when i actually do get hit again i forgot that i have it and it's a whole thing. Um, and the game's not that hard. I don't need to do this to myself. This isn't survival horror or something like that. So, um, yeah, we we all do this. Um, a couple of mine are going to be uh, very representative of me as a gamer with consumable items, um, a habit that I'm just like trying so hard to break myself of. Um, but we will get into um, the list. So um, I'm going to get us started. I'll go first and then you'll f- uh, finish this out. So good. Um, I'm going to get started with a game that I know both of us have played, uh, which is Bloodborne. And we can kind of extend this to all of the From Software games because they all have items that are analogous at the very least. Um, but the one I chose for my number three is Fire Paper and Bolt Paper in Bloodborne. Um, 
and it's this like thing in these games where I hoard them because I'm like, there's going to be a tough boss. I'm going to need this bolt paper. And then when I'm fighting the boss, I'm like, I don't want to use the bolt paper because I'm going to die and I'm going to waste it. And then by the time I'm actually like good enough to beat the boss, I don't need the bolt paper anymore. So I just end the game with like 35 of them. Um, and I, it happens to me every time I play these games. Um, so I know you played Bloodborne. Was this your experience with these two? Yeah. Um, Bloodborne for sure with like, f- uh, well, bolt paper more. I think I used fire paper because I, you got it, I think, a little bit earlier. If I'm, yeah, you do so get like, it earlier. Yeah. Let's try that out a bunch to see how it goes. But um, yeah, I don't know. Most games anymore or uh, ever, I guess. Anything that does like buff, like item buffs, I either, I don't know if it's too good to use or if I just completely forget about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you end up like brute forcing it, like you said, kind of just, you get you get so good at fighting the boss, you're like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't really need that. And you probably could have got it done earlier <laughs> if you actually utilize the items that the game is providing for yeah. you. Yeah. It would have taken me a half hour less to beat Orphan of Koss if I actually just used the bolt paper instead of saving it for the perfect attempt, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I always galaxy brain myself out of actually using those items uh, because they are really good. Like they they do make a significant difference against some of the bosses, uh, especially fire paper against those early bosses, those beasts. So yeah. Yeah. That's my number three, fire paper, bolt paper, but you can extend this to like gold pine resin in Dark Souls. It's the exact same thing. I never use it. I should, but I don't. Uh, so what's your number three, Chris? Um, my number three is, uh, it's called Holy War in Final Fantasy VIII. And okay. it makes your party <laughs> party invulnerable for a set amount of rounds. I, don't, I think it's somewhat random. Whoa, okay. So it's really good on fighting those like mega bosses. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, I think it's on the too good to use list for me because I think without exploiting anything, which I think is like the story of Final Fantasy VIII is find out how to exploit the game to make it playable uh, easier. Uh But (laughs) play Nice Freudian slip there. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Um, But you can only um, like, I think mug it from cypher in like the two fights like i think it's fight three and four. Oh, okay and then i think you can like it's it's i just it's a really rare item so that's why I, to me i think it landed on the list right e- even though it's kind of obscure it's uh it's sound it's super powerful and it's um it's kind of rare so i don't think i i don't even remember if I I think I had one. Or well there's a there's a weaker version of it I think that you get that's like cheaper. I think okay. I had those cuz I didn't know to like mug cipher or whatever when I played the game when I was I don't know 12 or something. Yeah, that's that's stuff you need the strategy guide to tell you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um I saw so I haven't played that far in Final Fantasy 8, but uh, Final Fantasy is definitely something that has an item that's on my list too, uh, but yours is way better than the one that I picked. Um, <laughs> and I think it does fit better into that too good to use 
Um, if there's only like one or two available in the entire game, then yeah, hundred percent, I would get that and I would hoard it. And then the game would be over at least in final fantasy. Like if you use it against the mega boss and then you die, then you restart at the checkpoint and you still have the item, right? Yeah. That's always nice. Yeah. That older RPG where you, (laughs) you were hard saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like with the um the bolt paper and the from software items, they're gone mm-hmm. forever once you use them. You can like grind up and go buy more, but I don't want to do that. So yeah, that's a good um good pick. My number two is actually from Final Fantasy, and it is the Megalixer, which they're pretty rare too. I don't know that you can actually just buy them anywhere or you know. At least in the games that I've played recently, I never saw them for sale. And you might find, I don't know, five throughout the game. Like you don't find a ton of them. And for those who didn't play Final Fantasy, uh, Mega Elixir heals uh, all HP and magic for your entire party. So it's like a complete heal of the party. And I never use them because they're so good. I always like, even if I'm in a boss fight and having a hard time, I either forget about them entirely or I'm like, well, you know, the next boss is going to be harder than this one. Maybe I shouldn't use it against this boss. The next one, that's when I'm going to need it. And then I get to the end of the game, haven't used it. So that's my number two mega elixirs from most Final Fantasy games, I think have these. Uh, yeah, that might have ended up on my list, but in a different <laughs> game. So a different game. Okay. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it, um, kind of in a different sense. Sure. Probably later on, I guess there's yeah. only three of them. So I also like when I'm playing final fantasy, I also get in a habit because by the time you get to the end of the game, the white mages are so good that I often just like forget that I have really awesome healing items and just kind of put it all in the white mage and only use items if the white mage dies. Um, so yeah, I've, I have probably left more mega elixirs in the bank than I've actually used them. Like in any, all final fantasy games combined that I've played. So yeah, that's my number two. Um, what's your number two? My number two is the escape rope from Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I definitely, I feel like it's one of the, the ones that's maybe more too stubborn to use because mm-hmm. you're like at the bottom of a cave and all your Pokemon are about dead and you have no idea. <laughs> You've been lost in there for a long, because you're like 10 and you don't know how <laughs> ma- uh, cave maps work. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, well, you could just escape rope and go to town and you're good to go. But I'm like, well, no, that's... I can make it out. I can make it out. I can I can use this Pokemon that I barely ever use. You know, it's this rock type that I caught here in this rock dungeon. And I'm just going to hit rocks with other rocks until I get out. So, again, maybe maybe not too good to use, but definitely, like, too stubborn to use. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's a really good item. Say- it is. I was going to say there's like a point of pride with those because I rarely use them too. And there's a bunch of times when it's like, 
you know, all my Pokemon are, you know, running out of uh, power points or they're, they got status effects going on and it would just be easier to escape room, escape rope out and start the dungeon over. Cause you can probably get back to where you were. Like yeah, the thing with those old, especially the, the old Pokemon, um, caves and stuff, none of them were that big. They just seemed really big because you, I was 10. Um, yeah. And so I used those, um, like I, I, I used Pokemon that had dig. Like I always made sure I had a Pokemon that had dig, even though I had 15 escape ropes uh, in yeah. my inventory, never used the escape ropes. So yeah, that's a yeah, good call. It kind of goes back to that whole thing you were talking about with like the white mage. Like, like why would I, this is a consumable item. It goes away. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my Pokemon's uh, abilities can eventually be restored and my mages MP can be restored. It's like, but the item goes away and I mm -hmm. gotta keep it in my inventory. Yeah. Never mind the fact that I have 15 escape ropes and there are only like seven dungeons in the whole game. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's no, a no. little, need, little kid logic for sure. I, I need them. It never like, and with all these items, it never really occurred to me while I'm playing them a lot of times that like the people who made these games balance the number of items that are in the game. Like they, all of those caves give you escape ropes. You find them in all of those, you know, Mount Moon and Rock Tunnel and stuff. Um, and by the time you get into some that could be confusing, like the Seafoam Islands in Pokemon uh, Red and Blue, you have found Pokemon that can learn Dig. You should have like 10 escape ropes. You'll be fine. But yeah, I would rather walk around lost and confused than actually just use the item. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a, a mentality of like a kid, like you're like the ga the game is against you. You're trying to beat the game when, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, the game developer wants you to continue to play their game. So yeah. they're probably going to set it up. So it works for you to continue to play. Yeah. And now we're at the point now I'm like 34 years old. And if I get into a cave in Pokemon and I'm like, well, I've never used escape ropes my whole life. I'm not starting now. Like, what am I, some kind of asshole? I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be miserable for 15 minutes instead. That's what real men do. Yeah. Boomer, <laughs> boomer Pokemon over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you kids with your, your infinite escape ropes. I don't know if they have that, but yeah, there's someone out there mad about that. I'm sure. <laughs> Pull themselves up from their Pokemon bootstraps. Yeah, your your running shoe straps. There you go. Um, speaking of Pokemon, my nope. number one is also from Pokemon, and it's the Master Ball. Oh yeah. And um, this one actually is too good to use. Um, be, if this is the best item uh, for those who haven't played or not familiar, the Master Ball will catch any Pokemon one hundred percent, and. I get into this, it's another pride thing where when I find a legendary Pokemon, I just save before it and then I try to catch it the, the old fashioned way because it's a kind of a fun challenge to try to catch Mewtwo or something like that with an Ultra Ball or kids at school used to come to school and be like, I caught Mewtwo in a Great Ball and they're like, oh really? I caught him in a Pokeball and it was this like this little kid <laughs> dick measuring contest. It was really great. Um, so 
I'm always in this habit of just not using the master ball and I will finish my time playing Pokemon games without using the master ball because it's too good. And I actually like the challenge of trying to catch the legendaries the old fashioned way. And I haven't used the master ball in like the last three or four games I played. Um, Cause it's like I said, it's the ultimate item in Pokemon. And uh, when I was a little kid, actually also my first red and blue file, I used the master ball on a sand shrew. So what? <laughs> fun. I, cause I didn't know what it did. Like I must've been like not paying attention when they explained it, if they explained it and I saw yeah. a sand shrew and I was like, Ooh, master ball, I'll throw that. And then it was gone. So on a sand shrew. See, I had, I haven't played, I don't honestly, I don't think I've completed a Pokemon game since Yellow. Okay. So, and I had a guide for when I played Red and Red. I think I had Red originally. Mm -hmm. So I was like aware of the existence of Mewtwo. And I mean, I think everybody kind of was, but like, and the master ball was explained, and it was like, well, I definitely got to save it for that because I, I hundred percent want to catch him because he's mm-hmm. like the coolest Pokemon ever. I mean, dude's got a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I kind of, I definitely used the master ball, but like I said, I haven't really completed one yet. So, I'm assuming they still just basically dole out one of them to you per game. Yeah, it's just one, yeah. and. They introduced mechanics in later games where you could like win another one. Like um, Gold and Silver had this weird like radio show contest where you could, uh, I think you could win a Master Ball in that. And I think some other games have introduced like ways to get another one, but the story always gives you one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm way behind on my Pokemon games. Yeah. Was your first um pokemon run through like we're using the guide the whole time or was it a mess like mine until you started using the guide when you were a kid i think um i basically begged my grandma to buy me the guide when i was about halfway through the game Mm -hmm. so yeah the first (laughs) half was pretty pretty much yeah mess like i don't think there was hell i don't even know if i like strategized which pokemon would like synergize with your team best oh no no it was just like well this guy's (laughs) cool looking i want yeah exactly yeah my my first run through um i used my charizard uh and only my charizard for the whole game it ended the game at like level 79 or something everything else was like the level that i caught it at um, I used all the good TMs on just random Pokemon. Um, I made, I taught my Charizard a bunch of bullshit moves that sounded cool, but were not actually good, uh, because gen one, the moves that the Pokemon learned were like ridiculous, um, at high levels doesn't necessarily mean they were good moves. Um, so it was just a total mess and using the master ball on something that wasn't Mewtwo was part of that. <laughs> I just can't imagine like like the realization afterward. And oh then yeah, you're like looking at your inventory and hell back. I don't think back then because I know in more recent games, like in your menu and when you throw it, they maintain the ball that they were in. But back yeah. then, I don't even know if they did. 
No. So I guess you didn't have that kind of glaring reminder. Like every time you opened your menu, like, <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. You better use that sand true now. You can't just put it in the computer. He better be a sand slash and he better be the fucking best <laughs> sand slash there is. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Yeah. All right, so that was my number one, uh, the Master Ball. What's your number one? Okay, so I kind of alluded to it earlier, but my number one is a Mega Elixir, but from the Super Mario RPG uh, series, maybe? Yeah. I guess, well, I mean, technically there was only one that was, was there only one that was labeled Super Mario RPG? The rest were just... I think so. The rest were the Mario and Luigi games, yeah. I think. And then like, but um, part of the reason I picked it is because the bottle shaped like a little froggy. Oh. And you, um, <laughs> or you can, you can buy it from, uh, what's, uh, the juice shop, I think it is, or something like that. Juice bars. Uh-huh. So it's not super... Like rare, it is definitely like good to use because it does 150 like heart points across the whole party, mm-hmm. which is like pretty crazy in that game. Yeah, but um, like I said, I think you could just buy it. It's like I can't remember like the conversion rate of stuff, but I, I popped over to the page over here. It was 90 coins. I don't remember if 90 coins was a lot or not. I can't yeah, remember. I- I can't remember either. But one of the main reasons is, like I said, I, I had to put a Mega Elixir on there because I feel like it's the quintessential, like, too good to use item. It's like yeah, almost a full restore generally for everybody in your party. It's like, it's kind of the ultimate oh shit button. Like, some mm-hmm. bad stuff just happened and everybody's about to die. So I need to get something out that... Maybe like, like I said, your your mage type, your white mage character is not going to be able to get everybody back up before the the next super move comes in through a boss. Mm-hmm. So, but I picked out the Mario one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not because it's shaped like a frog, but it's definitely <laughs> but, because but it's we shaped know. like a frog. Yeah, we know. That uh, that might explain why uh, our friend Aaron Angle likes that game so much. I didn't yeah. know it was shaped like a frog. I didn't get that far in Super Mario RPG, but I can tell from my experience that game was not that easy. So I can tell why that would be super valuable. And plus, also it looks like a frog. And would, to use the item, you imagine yourself smashing this bottle that looks like yeah. a cute frog. Like, like I don't want to do that. I don't know, baby. Like, <laughs> just hold it up in the air and smash the frog over your head and feel the frog juice smash and reinvigorate. It directly into your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speak of Blasphemous. Yeah. Just like the guy in Blasphemous. That is That has to be the best way for any video game character to use their healing item is, uh, for people who haven't played, he takes his flasks, which are full of bile, healing bile, because Blasphemous, um, and just smashes them directly into his forehead. It's great. Yeah, just beat the healing into your face. Yeah. <laughs> fits fits everything in that game, aesthetically, tone. Oh, it just, yeah. It works. Yeah, it's great. Like, just, I want to give a high five to everybody who is a part of all, like, creative, artistic decisions in that game. That, woof. <laughs> Smart. Um, 
All right. So we had the, um, let's see, uh, let's go through your list again, your top three, just uh, as a kind of recap. Okay. So uh, my number three was Holy War, specifically from Final Fantasy VIII. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, super rare, hard to get item that negates all damage for um, a, a few rounds. Like I said, I don't know if I ever know exactly how many it was, but uh-huh. it definitely, it's definitely like a, a super powered item. Um, Escape Ropes from the Pokemon series was mm-hmm. my number two because, like I said, I don't know if that one might be more too stubborn to use, but <laughs> I, I definitely always had like all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, my number one going back, uh, Frog Mega Elixir from Super Mario RPG. Right on. Uh, so my top three was... Any of the items that puts elemental damage on your weapon in From Software games like fire paper, bolt paper, pine resin, stuff like that. Um, my number two was Mega Elixirs, but from Final Fantasy. And my number one was the Master Ball, which will catch any Pokemon without fail. Um, even a Sandshrew. Even a Sandshrew, yeah. Um, I have a couple of honorable mentions. And... Another one from Pokemon uh, is just any good TM. Um, People who haven't played Pokemon or maybe forgot, TMs teach your Pokemon a move, but they used to be single use up until a couple of generations ago. So once you used them, they were gone forever. And maybe you could buy them at the department store, but if they were... um, if they're not one of like 10 that they sold at the department store, they're gone forever. And my first playthrough, I wasted a bunch of the really good TMs on shitty Pokemon. So I taught um, the the last gym leader in Pokemon Red gives you the TM for Fissure, which is a one-hit KO move. And I taught that to a Sandshrew because it could learn it <laughs> and... Yeah, Uh, but it was like level 30. I couldn't use it against the Elite Four or anything like that. Um, And yeah, uh, I think I did a similar thing with the TM for Earthquake, which is like one of the best moves in Pokemon. So I went through a long period of time where if I got a good TM, I would save it for the perfect Pokemon and then just not use it. So uh, weird behavior. My other uh, too good to use item is in RPGs when you get a scroll that's a single use, like, like a badass spell scroll, like in, um, Morrowind had a bunch of these divinity, original sin games have a bunch of these. And I always save them for the perfect moment. Cause they're very good spells. And then just, you know, finish the game. And it's like, Oh, I had 65 scrolls in my inventory. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. How about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, uh, probably more, um, uh, Skyrim, but I always ended up with like a bunch of different potions and like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, scrolls and things like that. Um, another one was uh, the like portable nukes, the mini nukes in uh, Fallout. Oh, yeah, I feel like I never used them because I was like, they're just like it does so much and it like you can end up hurting yourself too. And I was like, well, I could like, there's, you know, 
three super mutants over there. I could probably take them out with like my hammer instead of using the <laughs> nuke. Like, yeah, I probably can get away with it. Are you talking about um, Fallout Three or like New Vegas, or are you talking about the older ones? Definitely like Vague, the New Vegas, and like I don't yeah. know if I played Three, but yeah, where you get the little like it's like on a like a rail gun kind of thing, and yeah, it's like called like the Fat Boy Launcher or something yep. like that. Yeah, and I did the exact same thing, and I held on to those nukes so long because enemies in those games scale with your level. So like mm-hmm. you get to a point where the mini nukes don't actually kill stuff in one hit anymore. So it's like, well, I, I just waste basically save these for no reason. Yeah. And then um, this one was, like I said, I don't, I don't know if it's an item. It's also kind of just another, it's, it's munition, but it's the military grade rounds, military grade rounds from metro because they were actually like um i think they were used as like currency as well okay so like you could use it in your gun and it worked better than like the the shitty ammunition you would pick up on the the ground Hmm. but it was also utilized as like said as like the good money basically so it's like that definitely feels like a too good to use type item like uh i'm you know i don't know if you ever played any of the metro games no i was gonna ask you like are they good um yeah i've only heard uh the 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 good the bad and the backlog did an episode on a couple of those games and they sounded sounded like the the story could be cool but i never played them yeah it's definitely it's it's just it's um it, it kind of landed in that era of the third person or first person um, uh, shooter type with like a zombie like enemy kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think it got mixed up and it's based on, I think, some a series of books, maybe. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting because, like I said, you'll be it kind of runs a little bit with like the the conserving ammunition kind of thing like you're not you're definitely not like just like um like call of duty pew pew and everything you, you're definitely like a little bit more methodic in how you go through the game mm-hmm. so getting those military grade munitions can be like a life-saving kind of uh measure in certain circumstances like like i gotta i gotta get out i gotta get back because there's also like a a a radiation type mechanic so it's like i i gotta get back fast and i could use my military ammo and take enemies out a little faster or i use my crappy ammo and it's gonna take me longer to get back and i might not make it at all Mm -hmm. so it definitely kind of adds a cool um a cool mechanic to that uh I'm, I'm not exactly survival horror but you know the 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 ammunition conservation aspect of that yeah it, that's pretty cool I i'm not sure that i've ever heard of another game where like your ammo would also be a currency um and you have that trade-off that's a pretty cool trade-off is there like special stuff that you can only buy with that ammo or does it just like go into the general currency pool um i don't fully recall i know 
though there is another form of currency. Right. Okay. I, I feel like, yeah, maybe just, I think the military grade was just like, maybe like, I don't know, in D&D terms, a platinum compared to a gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is, um, I can definitely see how you would hoard that. Uh, but at least with that one, um, if you're not using it, you actually do have another use for it. You can buy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Unlike all of these other items that we just finished the game with them in our inventory, um, looking at me like, Dave, why didn't you, you could have, like I said, you could have beat the blood starved beast way faster if you just used that fire paper, dude, come on. Yeah. So that you can buy the really good items with your military grade ammo and then not use those. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a cycle that repeats, uh, from game to game and generation to generation. Um, what do you think, Chris? Are you, um, are you getting better about this, about using these consumable items, or do you still find yourself hoarding them? Well, like, like I said at the top of the episode in Eastward, I'm still kind of doing it, but yeah, um, <laughs> I I feel like I've I've been playing games recently in a different fashion. I haven't been as like completionist. I haven't been nearly as like do every quest like i, I kind of want to get through a game now because i get you know kind of precious time to do so so it's mm-hmm. like what's the risk reward kind of you know if i did every single little thing in the game compared to uh you know getting through a game enjoying the experience and getting to move on to a new one so i think i'm i'm a little better i don't know maybe not as better as I should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I'm starting to like improve with it too, but I'm definitely still hoarding items. Um, like the most recent from software game I played was Elden Ring and I used the consumables in that game, but I think it was because you could craft new ones in that game. So I never mm-hmm. felt like I was like wasting them. Um, yeah. so who knows? Next time I play Bloodborne, maybe I'll use all those papers. Um, yeah. Or the I th- I want to play Sekiro soon, and Sekiro uh, has a bunch of those items. That game's way harder, so the pressure to not waste them is even higher in yeah. that game. So we'll see. We'll see if I've actually changed as a person, or if I'm still just being a hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sekiro was the game that made me decide that I'm not playing hard video games until. <laughs> Um, yeah. I can literally really dedicate six, eight hours in front of a you know, TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not the, you're not the first person to say that and you won't be the last one that, that game. It's a real bastard. Um, so yeah, uh, top three items that were too good to use. This has been a good time. Um, good, uh, good chat. Good looking back through some of these games in, um, in our memories. I noticed a lot of them at least for me, and I think for you too, are games that we played a while ago, are games that Mm -hmm. we have a lot of experience with, you know, Pokemon, Final Fantasies, um, From Software for me, stuff like that. So maybe those habits start really young and they just don't die. Yeah, I think that 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 is kind of an interesting (laughs) take on it because, yeah, most of the ones that immediately popped to my head were games I probably played as like a kid. Mm-hmm. So maybe as you get older, it's either stuck in your brain and you got to fight your bad habits, I guess. I don't know. It's, yeah. all, about, it's all about growth, Dave. <laughs> People can change. 
People can't I used to change. be a piece of shit. <laughs> Slop, <laughs> sloppy steaks every night. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this has been a good time. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on, and thank you again. Um, thank you for uh, supporting the podcasts um, in every form that you've done it for the whole time that we've been doing the podcasts. Again, I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, it's definitely worth buying. You know, whatever ten dollars a month to get. I mean, weekly, sometimes twice weekly entertainment. That mm-hmm. I mean, I drive a lot for work, so it's like. Two, three hours in the car is real easy when you're listening to something that interests you. And I mean, I don't think I've ever listened to an episode where you had a guest on that I didn't like. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't handle this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been real lucky. I've had like 50 different people on the show and not one uh, shithead or like super boring guest. It's, it's been really great. I'm on a hot streak and now that I say it out loud, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I know I got good guests coming up too. And um, we'll have you back on the show. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you about both of the games we talked about. And then uh, the top three episode was a lot of fun. Top three bands we slept on. Um, was it bands we slept on or slept on in high school? I don't remember the full. I think it, we just kind of went with slept on, but a lot slept of it on. defaulted to high school just because. Yeah, because everyone had big opinions for no reason in high yeah, school. <laughs> we, were all, we were all real shitty, pretentious assholes. Yeah, yeah. Certainly none of us are shitty, pretentious assholes now. We're all Definitely, very no. cool people now. Uh-huh, for sure. <laughs> Um, all right so uh thank you again chris thank you everybody for listening and um again if you would like to uh, participate in something like this this is available at the ten dollar tier on patreon.com slash real dave jackson if ten dollars is too steep there are cheaper tiers and if you um, do not feel like supporting monetarily that's totally cool support in any other way that you can like telling a friend about podcasts that you like or leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. So uh, yeah, that is all. Tune in next time uh, for the next one of these Patron Hour episodes. See you later.